This is Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast where we take a look under the hood of the policies and politics that drive our nation and the auto industry. I'm your host, Donna Rudy, coming to you from Washington, D.C. Policy Drivers, the 2024 fight for the White House is on, and Washington's acclaimed lobbyists and longtime Toyota consultants, Ralph Hellman and Mary Beth Stanton, Join us again in the political ring to break down all things election 2024. So let the battle begin. Ralph, Mary Beth, it's great to have the dynamic duo back on Under the Hood. Thanks for being here. Thanks for welcoming me back. Glad to be back. Speaking of being back, it looks like the country's revving up for a 2024 showdown between President Biden and former President Trump. Do you think that Americans really want to see a rematch? I don't think the Americans want to see a rematch, but that's what they're going to get. Now, Friday of this week is Groundhog Day. How appropriate. I think this year, I think Phil the Groundhog is actually going to come out of his hole. He's going to see that it's a rematch of four years ago. And I think he's going to go back in his hole and take a sleeping pill that hopefully lasts 10 months. I think many Americans are not looking forward to this, but that's what we're going to get. And they kind of just want those 10 months to be over. I think we've been in denial a bit as a country, hoping that there would be something that would save us from the rematch. However, that is not what's taking shape. Biden and Trump both ran unconventional campaigns in 2020 during the height of the pandemic. Considering the significant events that have unfolded over the past four years, how have their campaign strategies changed for this election? Mary Beth, let's start with you on President Biden. I think the president is going to run almost the exact same campaign that he did before. This is about democracy and saving institutions. I think he'll sprinkle in a lot of the accomplishments that have been able to pass Congress, um, including the IRA, the economy getting better, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, uh, lower unemployment rates, we're out of the pandemic. I mean, I think it's also going to mention and bring out lots of surrogates to say that he has had the most diverse first cabinets that there have ever been. So I think he's going to take a victory lap, but I do think the playbook is relatively similar to the last campaign. Ralph, how is Trump's strategy in 2024 different, if at all, from 2020? Well, I think there are two really big differences versus 2020. You know, we were at the height of COVID and it dominated the conversation. Everything was a referendum about how Trump handled it, how he handled the economy and the disease. And I think the second big difference is Trump now has something on Biden that they didn't have before, that Biden has a record. He's going to have to defend it, uh, everything that's happened over the last three, four years. Of all the issues set to shape the 2024 election, which do you think will be the defining factor? Well, I still think, you know, Trump hasn't changed his style. He's still bombastic. He's aggressive. He has a take no prisoner style. But on substance, I think there are going to be some contrasts. I'd say three areas. One is, you know, he's going to point to the robust economic growth that was happening prior to COVID. And he's going to contrast that with the inflation, the high interest rates, and the kind of the perception that the economy is just not plugging along as as well as it could be. So I think that's going to be the first area. The second is he's going to say the world was more at peace. Biden blew it. You know, he lost Afghanistan. He, he couldn't stop Putin or Hamas. He He's not tough enough against Iran or those guys that killed American soldiers in the Middle East this week. So I think that's going to be a second big issue. And I think finally, he's going to be the guy that fights for the working families who's tough on China and he fights against woke policies. And he's going to take on the overreach of government that takes away your gas stoves or makes you buy an EV. When we spoke last in 2022 about the election, I talked about inflation and the economy. And I think those are going to dominate what the president talks about. But he's also going to talk about 
democracy and freedom. You can't, you can't mention the Roe v. Wade decision and not talk about freedom. You can't talk about the denigration of some of our institution without mentioning the former president and the fight for democracy. So I think these themes are still going to be playing out. I think the situation that's on the border, which is very topical right now because Congress is struggling to figure out if there's a legislative path forward, and the president has largely been seen as mismanaging the border situation, but he really has taken a much tougher stance in recent days, including saying that he would shut it down himself, which is something of a, of a new thing that the president is uh, leaning into these days. Mary Beth, moving on to the battlegrounds, which states do you see as the key players for this presidential election and why? Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, North Carolina, and then new entrants, Arizona and Georgia, have become uh, decision makers for the presidential. These are states that Trump won in 2016 but lost in 2020, which gave President Biden his victory. What's the view from the Republican side, Ralph? I think Mary Beth had it right. I think the old standbys where Ohio and Florida were going to determine the outcome of the election, those just aren't aren't happening anymore. Those states have gone much more Republican, and then all the coastal states that have been part of the mix for Democrats are going to go solidly for Biden. So I do think that Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, North Carolina, those are absolutely the key states. With polls predicting a tight presidential race, what does history tell us about past rematch elections? Do you think history will repeat itself? And will a rematch impact voter turnout? I think it's going to be high turnout, Uh, not because everybody loves the two candidates, it's because everybody hates one of them and wants to vote for the other. So I think there's going to be high turnout. Uh, And also history, you know, can repeat itself, uh, I think. But you have to look back to Grover Cleveland in the 1880s, where he had it for four years, and then he lost, and then he ran again and got it back. That's happened once in our nearly 250 years of history. So it can repeat itself. I think the fundamental question you have to ask is, Trump lost by seven and a half million votes. Yes, he actually lost. I know there's some people who are denying denying that, but he lost by seven and a half million votes. So how, how do you get people to go back to Trump after voting for Biden? They might regret voting for Biden, but switching back to Trump is another matter. How do you get them back? How does Trump get them back or how does Biden keep them? Mary Beth, there's talk about third party and independent candidates. Do you foresee anyone gaining traction to become the 2024 spoiler? And has a third party candidate ever won a presidential race? I think we're all praying for a third party candidate at this point. Uh, the, The options on the table don't seem like they're the most inspiring and therefore Uh, There's discussion of a third-party candidate, and many Americans would approve of that idea. However, conceptually, we've never had one win the presidency. What's the mysterious no-labels group all about, and what's the connection with Senator Joe Manchin? So no-labels has been around for a few years. They're generally trying to create a a governing center, um, and of course, no one comes closer to a governing center than Senator Joe Manchin. So many people have been involved. There are a lot of billionaire backers. Uh, that want to get him off the sidelines and into this race. Ralph, on the Republican ticket, it looks like former President Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. Does Nikki Haley have any sort of a shot, or do you think Trump will wrap up the primary quickly? I think Haley has a very much of an outside shot. I think she is just hanging around, see how many more legal shoes are going to drop. Trump will never debate her, so the country will never get to see that. But a few more courtroom losses could hurt Trump, but not to the extent that I think he loses the primary. It just could hurt him in the general election in November. 
And what about the burning question that everyone's asking? Who will former President Trump pick for a running mate? Pence is obviously out. Well, I don't think Mike Pence uh, wants or is waiting for the phone to ring. Looks like Trump is doing his best version of Apprentice. He's looking at maybe females, at least Stefanik, who's a New York Republican uh, in the Congress, uh, looking at South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. You're looking at Kari Lake, who's most likely going to be running for Senate in Arizona. You know, Trump loves keeping everyone in suspense and making it look like it's a competition. And then there's also the outside shot that he picks an African-American, someone like black senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott. So I think there are a variety of options that uh, Trump's going to look at. Mary Beth, do you think there's going to be an unexpected twist of some sort or a black swan event that could impact the outcome of the 2024 campaign? Well, when we were here four years ago, I would not have picked a global pandemic on my bingo card. Uh, So anything can obviously happen. In years past, there have been uncertain economic times. Natural disaster has often uh, sealed the fate for the president. And then, of course, there are many different court decisions that are going to happen that are before the Supreme Court, but also before local courts that could happen. And what do you think, Ralph? Just like with COVID, there could be something that comes out of the blue. Could be a war in China. Could be an expanded uh, war in the Middle East. But quite frankly, I don't think Hunter Biden or Trump's legal woes are, are going to even matter anymore. I think 98, 90%, 99% of the electorate seems locked and loaded. Mary Beth, what should Americans expect to see if there's a shift in the administration? Well, I think a rollback of a lot of Biden-era-led uh, regulations would, would be appropriate. And the government's going to shrink. There uh, is talk about mass exodus from the administration uh, should President Biden not win re-election. And what if the Biden administration sees another four years? You know, I think Ralph is really hitting on a tone here. Um, I think he'll double down on his existing policies. That's what typical uh, administrations do in their second term. But I think he's going to focus on foreign relations, which is his passion and clearly needs some of his attention. Ralph, do you have anything you'd like to add? Oh, yeah. Gas up, buckle up, grab the steering wheel of both hands. It's going to be a fun ride. Well, you heard it, policy drivers. Buckle up for the ride of a lifetime because it's going to be a monumental election year. Mary Beth, Ralph, thanks for another knockout performance and for keeping it real. Thanks for having me on once again. Enjoyed it. Thanks. And that's all for now, policy drivers. Thanks for tuning in to get caught up on the latest news on the Hill and to keep the conversation going. See you on our next episode of Under the Hood, a Toyota Policy Drivers podcast. (laughs) 